Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to DM Us the Podcast. I'm Dane. And I'm Meg. And this is going to be episode 4, the solved case of Adam Walsh. So, just a warning, this case involves violence against a child, so if you're not comfortable with this topic, then we would advise uh, not to listen. But we wanted to do this case because it was such a pivotal point in the history of how parents and authorities deal with missing children, even to this day. It was because of Adam's parents becoming such big advocates for missing children after what happened to Adam. Also, you might recognise Adam's dad, John Walsh, because he went on to host America's Most Wanted to try and help others. Of course, in saying that, Adam wasn't the first child in history to go missing and have parents trying desperately to find them. Eden Patz was another six-year-old boy who went missing only two years before Adam. His disappearance also helped start the missing children movement to improve methods and legislation. Plus, he was the first child to be put on a milk carton to raise awareness. Okay, back to Adam Walsh now. So, Adam Walsh was born on November 14th, 1974 to John and Rive Walsh in Hollywood, Florida, USA. Adam was their first child and his parents describe him as a little gentleman in the light of their life. Definitely didn't sound like me as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Just for a bit of background on how protective they were as parents, Rive wouldn't let Adam ride his bike on the street, only in the driveway, and she always took him to school and picked him up every day. He never walked anywhere alone. That's pretty different to like what you hear whenever, like they always say they're always playing out on the streets until the street lights mm. came on, back in the olden days at least, compared to nowadays. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, even when I was a kid... I was still able to travel like to and from the bus stop by ourselves, I guess maybe because I had a mm. brother, brothers with me, yeah. so I wasn't alone. Yeah, we, we were allowed to play out on the street and in the driveway, but um, yeah, I had my siblings with me. I don't think I would have really been allowed to do that on my own. I wasn't allowed to go to the shops or to the movies by myself Right. Yeah. until I was a teenager. Yeah, I'm not sure. I guess it's different because we're not, we, we weren't only child, so it's hard to yeah, that's tell true. what our parents would have been like if we were the only one. Yeah, I think I would probably do the same thing, though, if I only had one child. I, I wouldn't let them... I guess it depends on what the child's like, so if young. they're like, pretty smart, but yeah, like six years old, I think he was. Yeah, that's way missing, too young so. to go anywhere. Yeah. Okay, now onto the day Adam went missing. It was July 27, 1981, and six and a half year old Adam and his mum went to a Sears department store at the Hollywood Mall. So around this time in the 80s, video games had just come out and were becoming popular. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when Adam saw a small group of young boys around 12 years old playing video games, of course he wanted to watch. So Adam asks his mum if it's okay if he stays and watches them while she looks for something. Rive says, I'm going three aisles away and I'll see the top of your head. I'll be right back. About three minutes later, she comes back and can't see Adam. Yeah, jeez. I know, that's literally all it takes is like going around a corner. Yeah, whenever you look into any cases like this, it always seems to be like split second yeah, kind of things. That's scary. So anyway, because she couldn't see Adam, she goes and asks for help in the store, and they make an announcement on the loudspeaker, but he doesn't uh, surface, doesn't come. Now, John Walsh then races up from his office to help search, and the police are called. 
John states that the police station was across the street, but they didn't arrive until 45 mm. minutes later. Wow. Yeah, a lot of these times, they can have quite long dispatch times yeah. before they get to it. Maybe they're on, they like, different really calls. have much experience or take it that seriously. Well, yeah, as far then. as knowing this case, yeah, it's, it's kind of new to the police. Um, mm. Because, yeah, they had never even had a missing child case before. And after John arrives and asks the police officer why there aren't more officers here looking, he just says to John, I don't like your attitude. Mm. Kids walk home or run away, like I said, was pretty popular in those times for yeah. kids to just do everything themselves. Or like there was a lot less monitoring, I guess, mm. than goes on nowadays. Not strict. Uh, although John states that Adam has never walked home by himself and wouldn't know the way. Police mm. also told the family that depending on the ages of the child, They'd have to wait 24 to 48 hours to start searching. That's terrible. And that's still what you hear today. Like, oh, this person's gone yeah. missing. We have to wait 24 hours. That's actually not a real thing. They don't have to wait 24 hours. Oh, really? Do they just do that kind of to save themselves just, a bit of work? I think because so many missing people are um, just runaways and they'll eventually come home. Oh, okay. So they just assume... I don't know why. It's just ridiculous. Um, yeah. As far as I know, the, you know, the first couple of hours are... The most like important, vital. right? Yeah. That's when, yeah, you really got so to be trying to find where they can So why would you wait 24 hours? I think they just say, oh, let's wait 24 hours to see if they come back, because they probably just ran away. Yeah. Like, six-year-old kid? I doubt it. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, some key information to note, uh, which John talks about, is that back then, Sears employed part-time security. The day That day, the security guard was only 17 years old, and mm. he was untrained. He admits that he had come across the boys arguing while playing the video games and had told them to leave, most likely not knowing that Adam wasn't really a part of their group. But therefore, because he told the boys to leave and Adam was there, it seems like he got kicked out of the store. Mm. With Adam being so young, he probably didn't uh, speak up to the security guard to let him know mm, he yeah. wasn't with that group of boys. Now, it's then thought that Adam followed the boys out of Sears and possibly outside where the boys left, and then in turn, he was then left alone. This is when it assumed that he was taken by someone. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that's all it takes really, especially like, I guess it's that mob mentality that if everyone's getting kicked out, you don't really stay there. Otherwise, he might be questioned by a security yeah. guard. Well, six-year-old boy, like, he's going to be scared. Yeah. He probably didn't even know half of what was going on, so he just followed he the crowd. Just, yeah, followed them out. Like we said before, the police weren't much help, so John and Reve actually had to set up their own phone tap and family, friends, and even John's co-workers were the only ones out searching for Adam. Not even the police were helping um, at the beginning. Yeah, it's so weird that, like, they weren't helping. I know. For, like, missing kid in... I'm not sure how big their town was, but... Yeah, yeah I'm not sure, but... Yeah, like we said before, they ne they never had him. Yeah, they didn't really have experience with it. Yeah. Which is why this case is, like, so big, because it kind of defined what would happen in the future. Yeah, like, I think our parents are strict today because of cases like this. Yeah, exactly. Um, so John even gave people money to help him search, and he ended up putting out a $100,000 reward, and I think he said, like, he scraped together all the money that he had to oh, put wow. this reward out because he was told that he needed, like, a big reward. Yeah, well, that would get people kind of interested in it. Yeah, and... The media was there for about a week and then he said they kind of lost interest and um, John had to beg all the media channels to get on and eventually he got on TV. Yeah, I guess like once the media had nothing new to report on, they mm. needed to go to different stories 
you know, because I'm assuming they didn't yeah. find any, like, new evidence during that week to help the case or anything, so... Yeah, that's normal, like... Yeah, they right, start It's kind of an excitement around a case, and then it will eventually drop off, and they'll yeah, move on to the next out. one. Although by the time John got on TV, it was actually too late. Around two weeks later, on August 10th, 1981, fishermen found Adam's head in a canal almost 200 kilometres away from where he was taken and the coroner ruled that he had died from asphyxiation. What's that again? It's like strangling or whatever? Yeah, strangulation. Yeah, fine Suffocation, out. yeah. Do, do you know when the fisherman just found his head? Like, yeah. So it the was rest seven, of his body was never found. Or it might found. have been like eaten no, or something. No, the, um, the killer... Uh, it's very, not very nice, but yeah, he cut his head. Oh, he decapitated him, jeez. After he... But the coroner did say... Not that it's nice, but, like, after he had he already... already he was dead. already dead, yeah. Oh, uh, I guess trying to, like, split up the body and what... Yeah, so the rest of the body was never actually found. Oh, uh, okay. Right. After Adam went missing, John and Reve felt like they hadn't received any proper help from authorities, like we said before. So they ended up establishing the Adam Walsh Outreach Centre for Missing Children in Florida, which served as a national resource for other families with missing children. That's good that they finally, like, they got something in place where people could actually go to to help for these kind of things. Yeah, like, we're about to talk about the... John and Reve did so many amazing things out of such a terrible situation. Yeah, that's right. They made sure that uh, no other family would kind of be mm. in the same situation that they were. Yeah, they wanted to make sure that if your child went missing, you had somewhere to go to ask for help. Yeah, that's right. And even, even to, um, like, promote the publicity of it, they had a television movie, uh, Adam, which was made in 1983, and that retold the story and uh, attracted millions of views, so a lot more people caught mm. on to what what happened, really. Uh, now, the movie was replayed a number of times, and at the end they added pictures and information about other missing children and created a hotline that people could uh, contact. Yeah, they they never just did, like, one thing. They didn't just make the movie, they you know, use the movie as a platform, yeah, it was which is of, really cool. Yeah, just a way to get it out there. Now, as time went on and the national government grew, Congress passed the Missing Children's Act of 1982. This made it possible to enter the information of missing children onto the FBI's National Crime Information Centre database, the NCIC. Former President Ronald Reagan then officially opened the National Centre for Missing and Exploited Children, NCMEC, in 1984, which is what we know it as today. In 1990, the Adam Walsh Outreach Centre merged with the NCMEC. Okay, so a couple of years have passed and now in 1988, John started hosting the show America's Most Wanted. And this show has helped uh, catch over 1,200 criminals in various countries, with 17 coming off of the FBI's Most Wanted list. Mm, wow. Yeah, it's pre that's pretty good. The show has also helped to bring home 63 missing children, including Elizabeth Smart, who had been abducted uh, and someone had seen and recognised her abductor from the show. Wow. It stayed on the air until 2012 because viewers and government officials didn't want it to be cancelled because it was helping so much. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know about you, but I um, have heard of this show when I was younger. Yeah, for sure. You've heard of I've it? I've heard of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I ever, like, watched it or I might have, it might have been on in the background. I think it might have been on, like, our TV at some point. Yeah, but, um, yeah, we're from Australia, so it wasn't as prominent no. as it would have been over in America. 
but definitely a good show and probably one of the first of its kind. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, he um, kind of helped uh, make the foundation of it, didn't he? Yeah, John. yeah, for sure. Now, six years after John started hosting America's Most Wanted, in 1994, Code Adam was implemented into big retail stores, starting with Walmart. It's a safety program that employees must follow if someone has reported a lost or missing child in the store. For example, employees must drop what they're doing immediately and look for the child, while other employees monitor the entries and the exits. Plus, if the child isn't found in 10 minutes, the local police are called. This is really good. I really like that. Yeah, it's good that they finally have something in place that um, you know stores can follow and the employees mm. because... Like we said, that security guard was untrained, so yeah. even if someone reported someone missing, he probably still didn't really know what to do. He probably just said, oh, I kicked a bunch of kids out, maybe he's there, I don't know where they went. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, like, monitoring the entries and the exits is so important. Yeah, that's right. Especially now, like, t in 10 minutes, if they're not found, the police are called. Because, and they're going to start looking, yeah. Yeah, like we said, a lot of the time... Uh, how close it is to they go missing is how yes. quickly you might find them or how important it is yeah, to find exactly. them. Then in 2006, George W. Bush signed the Adam Walsh Child Protection and Safety Act, which expanded the National Sex Offenders Registry and created a National Child Abuse Registry. Yeah, so as you can see, um, like with Code Adam and the Adam Walsh Child Protection and Safety Act, you can see mm. how like Adam Walsh was such a big part in um, developing all of these systems and getting yeah. everything put yeah, in place. Yeah, his parents started all of this. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. All right. 27 years later, and the case was solved, and Otis Toole was the convicted killer. Now, Otis Toole, he was a drifter, a convicted serial killer, and was the partner of serial killer Henry Lee Lewis. Now, back in 1983, Otis Toole confessed to killing Adam, and remained the main suspect for years, although he wasn't convicted because of various police mistakes, like losing evidence. Apparently they had bloodstains from Tool's car, mm. and Tool himself was even recanting his confessions multiple times. He tells police where the body is, but they don't find it, so some people were sceptical that he made a false confession, and of course we know that the body was never found, only yeah. the head. Mm. And other serial killers were also suspects, uh, but the police said they had linked Tool to the case, and he was always a suspect. Yeah, that's crazy. So back in 1983, yeah, right at the beginning, he was a suspect this yeah, whole time. Exactly. They had the main suspect, but they didn't have anything to anything concrete to kind of yeah, and put they, him onto it. They were just incompetent and yeah, just made mistakes. That happens a lot in these kind of cases. You just yeah. see like yeah, contaminating evidence kind of stuff, and they can't use mm. it and. It just, you know, we're all human. We all make mistakes and sometimes yeah, it leads guess, to but convicted people getting away. Yeah, exactly. So after Adam was presumably kicked out of Sears and probably outside the store by himself, according to Tool, he lured Adam into his white 1971 Cadillac with the promise of toys and candy and began to drive north towards his home. Man, toys and candy, that's such a big, like, stereotype. <laughs> I know. But I guess it has to be a pretty popular method for it to become a stereotype. I know. I mean, six years old, I, I guess. What what does he know? He doesn't know any better. Yeah. Toys I and candy, not. like, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> so Adam began to panic as they drove away, so Tool decided to hit him. 
which then made him panic even worse. So yeah. then, unfortunately, he rendered Adam unconscious, but realised he was still breathing, so then he strangled him and killed him. Yeah, it's so weird to, like, what was his thinking behind it of kidnapping him, and then he starts uh, to act out and he just kills him. I can't remember. I've read... Oh my gosh, what was it? I might have read something like for his own, like taking to oh, be his, like own his own child, kid. and then I guess he was being rebellious and he decided and then otherwise. He was panicking. Going to be more of a problem. So it's going to be difficult. Yeah, yeah, and probably freaked out. I mean, a lot of these serial killers are just unstable mentally, so yeah. you just don't know what they're thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Tool ended up dying in prison from liver failure on September 15, 1996 while on death row for another murder. A relative of Tool later told the Walsh family that he had confessed on his deathbed to killing Adam. And by 2008, police concluded they had enough evidence to say that Tool was the killer and the case was closed. It was good for the family that like, they finally um, you know, got the killer, even mm. though he was already dead, but at least like the case was closed. Yeah. So. I, I, hopefully that brought them a little bit of peace. Yeah, I, I hope so, and I hope that they're proud of all the things that they've done for every all the kids out there today. Yeah, absolutely. They've had a huge impact on all the systems in place to help with missing children today. Mm. All right, guys, we hope you enjoyed that episode, episode four. Uh, it was just a bit of a short one, a closed case, but it was a really important case, as we said. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you enjoyed that, thanks for listening. This is Dane signing off. Bye. <laughs>